Hey there, it's Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. All right, what's up? What's up, guys? How we doing? Rob Carbone coming at you um, late Thursday night. Actually, just heading into a little past midnight, so it's technically September twenty seventh, Friday morning. But yeah, same shit. Yanks are struggling mightily right now to finish off this regular season. Um, I apologize in advance if my voice is going to be a little weak tonight. Lost my voice a little bit, but um, it's going to be a short podcast because of that. But um, I promise you, for the for the uh, last episode of the regular season this week, it'll be a much better, much more detailed episode of BD4. But for tonight, for BD4 episode thirty-one, um, it'll be a little short. Um, but I'm going to hit the points here. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we should just, I guess we should just, we should just get right to it. Um, <laughs> terrible, terrible series here. Over at Tropicana Field, the Yankees got swept. It was only a two-game series, but they looked like absolute shit, scoring one run in both games. Um, no, Tampa wasn't dominant themselves, uh, but they did beat the shit out of the Yankee offense. Um, they, you know, they held us down, and the Yankees. I tell you what, um, I understand that these games might not mean anything anymore in terms of you know getting home field advantage. That's over. You know, winning division, that's over. We did that. Um, I understand we don't have home field. We have won the division. I get that. They don't mean anything in terms of, you know, that those kind of things. But tell you what, man, I'm a big goddamn believer in things like momentum. Okay? And I get that the Yankees might have this switch that they can just flip on and off from the postseason or, sorry, from the regular season into the postseason. I get that. I understand it all, but you know, at the same time, I, I do. I do. I am a big believer in momentum, and I think that you have to carry something over into the postseason with you, and you know, it'll it'll help propel you. You know, it'll help get you going. And they don't have anything. They don't have a a single kind of rhythm right now. They need that kick. And wow, you know, going back to September second, you see all the teams we've started playing since then: the Rangers, the Blue Jays, twice the the. Tigers, all these mediocre teams this month, dating back to, to September 2nd, we're 12-9 and nine since then. That's pretty damn pathetic considering who we've played. And that right there is your reason that we're going to be playing um, on the road if we even make, make it past the first round. You know, we lost home field advantage. You know, we're going to have to do it the hard way. But that's another thing. Lots of people, and I'm guilty of this myself, but lots of people are bringing up Houston this, Houston that, Houston, Houston, Houston. Guys, we got to make it past the first round first. <laughs> okay? That's why it's called the first round. We got to we gotta start there. And whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Cleveland, it looks like it's going to be Minnesota. So let's say Minnesota. Um, I'm not like we're uh, – I know everybody else is saying, oh, Minnesota, we beat them every year. We dominate them. We embarrass them when we need to. I Really, every year is a different year. And honestly, they look – 
outstanding this season, and I'm never one to under. I don't, I'd rather overestimate than underestimate. Okay, so I, I would I can overestimate. I would rather overestimate every single team than underestimate and get your ass beat and, you know, be be golfing on the couch with the New York Mets. So, um, no, I'm definitely not one of those people who are just going to shy away from everybody just because I think uh, the Yankees have handled them in the past. But the Twins are legit. I think they're legit. They got, they've got just as grave an offense as the Yankees do. You know, it's very similar. Um, You know, they've got right-handed depth up and down that order and – Power, um, contact, you know, average hitters, hitting for hitters for average is what I mean when I say average hitters, you know, hitters who hit the ball at a high clip. Um, but speaking of, the Yankees aren't even doing that right now, you know, during this little slump, they've had a very, very inconsistent uh, lineup right now. And it, it's, listen, <clears throat> first off, I want to say that this offense has been spectacular, really, all season long. For the majority of the season, they've been outstanding, you know. I've had a joy watching them. They've transformed themselves from from this one-dimensional home run or strikeout dead analytical bum-ass lineup that they were last year to an all-around versatile nine-headed monster this year who can hit for contact, who can hit for average, who can get on base not just because they walk and slug, but also because they homer, double, triple, single. You know, so it's that's great. That's who they've been all year. But come to September... Aaron Boone starts putting these secondary players out there, you know, starts resting his players excessively. And now you're getting the team into a little bit of a rut here. You know, they're striking out again a a whole lot. They're starting to rely on the homer again. They're not really doing much outside that lately. So it's kind of led to this, this one dimensional approach again, where you're thinking, Oh, here comes that 2018 squad, you know, at the wrong time of the year. And there are a couple factors to it. Um, maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but I definitely think Aaron Boone putting out consistent rest, punting lineups, whatever you want to call it, I think that does put the team in a lull. You know, while it may rest players for the postseason, you know, there's got to be there's a disadvantage there too. It could also put the put the team in a little bit of a lackadaisical state here when they, you know, it's like they're limping. They're, they're, they're in cruise control here, and you don't want to see that. You don't want to see them limping into the postseason again because that also reminds you of 2018. That's exactly what they did last year, you know. Sure, they strung together a couple wins before they lost the last game of the season, but for the most part, I remember personally they've had an, they had an inconsistent ending to their season last year as well, and that translated into the playoffs where, you know, after the wild card win, they were awful against Boston. Awful. Really awful. So I don't want to see that happen again. I really don't. I, I just don't want to see the Yankees start relying on the long ball again and start swinging and missing like they've been recently. I want to see them get back to that that dynamic, balanced offense that they've been. You know, so part of that's been Boone throwing out friggin' lasagna in the first inning, throwing out Corey Guerin in the third in the twelfth inning. Are you kidding me? Giving Chapman three innings all September. That's ridiculous. These bullpen experiments he's doing, not starting people anymore. That's ridiculous. That's a big part of it, too. So not only is he resting his offensive guys, he's putting out these ridiculous little experimental bullpen shits, these second-tier scrubs consistently um, out in the rotation, too. So he's doing that on both ends, and that's that's leading to this 12-9 and record since September 2nd. So that's him. That's on him. 
But also, <clears throat> you have to look at John Carlos Stanton. And, you know, before you send me death threats like this random, I've got this random named Josh. I don't want to say the last name, but I've got this random named Josh from Twitter making random accounts. And he's making the same account over and over just so he can message for me. And I keep blocking him, right? I keep blocking him, but he comes back to me on WordPress. He comes back into my Facebook Messenger. He comes to me on Twitter in my DMs, and he's making these new accounts after I block him. And he's, <laughs> and he's telling me all this shit just because I, I, I criticized Gary Sanchez once, just because I criticized Giancarlo Stanton. This same individual has been messaging me, and I shit you not when I say this. He's been messaging me and commenting on my threads over the past three, four months. I shit you friggin' not. It's this same individual, too. <laughs> His name is Josh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where he came from, but obviously millennials don't like when you criticize one of their favorite players, and I'm sorry. I'm going to criticize Giancarlo Stanton here a bit. Um, listen, he looked good for a little bit when he came back off the DL. You know, about 10 at-bats, he had some excellent you know, at-bats there. He was... Taking pitches. He wasn't chasing that outside slider. There were some very quality at-bats, and it gave me some confidence. Confidence. Enough confidence to even put him on my postseason roster in my article a few days ago. But then we see him face a real pitcher in Charlie Morton the other day, and he went 0 for 4 with the golden sombrero. Not only did he strike out four times, those strikeouts may have been the ugliest piece of shit at-bats I've ever seen. Probably the ugliest at-bats I've ever seen since... Stanton in 2018 <laughs> in the playoffs. But no, they were bad. You know, he faces a real pitcher for once, and he starts doing the same exact thing that we're used to seeing him do in the playoffs. Except, obviously, right now we're not in the playoffs, but that's my concern here. Is he going to keep doing this when we when he faces even more real pitching? You know, Morton, Morton gave him a bunch of strikeouts, and he gave him hell swinging at that outside pitch. How's he going to look against Cole, against Granke, against Verlander, against, you know, whoever the hell... Like I said, whoever the hell we face in the first round, it's obviously going to be some kind of decent pitching. Um, And yeah, the thing with the home run or nothing thing, Stanton's one of those guys where he's going to hit your home runs. He might not be exactly like, extremely one-dimensional, but he's, you know, he's a guy who's going to strike out a ton and he's going to bring power. And that's, listen, it doesn't worry me as much when we've got guys like Sanchez not playing, but Sanchez is supposed to come back this weekend, maybe tomorrow. And that's where it kind of, you know, it concerns me. I've talked about this last podcast, and I think I talked about it in the one before, but I'm going to bring it up again just in case, I don't know, just in case nobody's heard it. But it does concern me. I understand the easy thing, listen, the easy thing to say here, right, is, oh, imagine not wanting Stanton and Sanchez in the same lineup, you know, two home run hitters. That's the easy thing to say, right? Obviously, right? Two all-star hitters. Great. But there's there's another part of it, you know. I think something like overkill is definitely a thing. I, I think overkill is a thing, and I think the Yankees, while they've been such a great contact hitting team, like I talked about, putting two guys in there who hit home runs and strike out a whole lot. Okay, that can also come back to bite you in the ass as well. So when they're hot, maybe they're great together, but it's also very risky because when they're cold, boy, it could be ugly. And it could it could lead to results, you know, that we're seeing right now, with just Stanton alone in the lineup. So just imagine them both. They're both not hitting well at the time. They're you know they're both facing Cole. They're both facing Verlander or whoever. It could get very ugly, 
And that's kind of why I've always been against this whole Stanton contract. No, it's not really the money the Yankees can afford the world. It's just simply the fact that I don't think their lineup needs this much power because it comes with a disadvantage of strikeouts. I, I And I do think strikeouts matter. I know millennial analytical you know, folk also like, they also like to believe that strikeouts don't matter as much as any other how. And I don't believe that because why are all these teams winning the World Series with low K rates? You know, you look to the Red Sox last year. Um, they did not strike out at all, and they won the World Series. You look at the Houston Astros of the year before that. They did not strike out at all. They won the World Series. So the last two seasons, it's kind of been a recent trend. And you look at each World Series winning Yankees team, same kind of team. You know, they hit for average, they didn't strike out much, and they still hit home runs. So you kind of want you want to, you want to make sure the Yankees can make enough contact, even with Stanton and Sanchez in the same lineup. And that's kind of what worries me. You know, while they've been this nine-headed monster who make contact and hit for power at the same time, now, with both Stanton and Sanchez back in the same lineup, which we haven't seen a lot this year, you kind of hope it doesn't mess things up, which is why a lot of people are starting to hope, are starting to um, to think about putting Cameron Mabin out there. Um, you know, it's not a terrible idea. I love Mabin. I think he's been great for the Yankees this season, but looking at it realistically, what the Yankees are going to do, they're probably going to put Stanton out there. You know, what I would do... Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the Mabin idea. I don't. But, I mean, he does strike out too, you know. He strikes out too. and But he's one of those hitters where I still trust Mabin to put the bat to the ball in a big moment because I know he can make contact when he needs to. But, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I just, I don't love strikeouts and I think it's going to come back to haunt them if, they go with this tactic of putting Stanton and Sanchez in that same order, especially back-to-back if they eventually do that. But I feel like it could bite them. While it has its advantages, it has disadvantages well as well. And people need to start realizing that. But outside of Stanton talk, um, what else do we have? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much it. Home field advantage, over. You know, great job, Boone. <laughs> great job. Um yeah, that's pretty it. That's pretty much it. Just want to see the offense get hot again, man. They need to get back to that, you know, to their old, to their usual ways. You know, heading in, you know, heading into September, they were hitting over 270 as a club. They were only 15th in the league in strikeouts, and their batting average with uh, runners in scoring position was right under 300. I think they're a little under each of those categories now, a little worse than them since, you know, because of their, you know inconsistent month of September, but you just want to see them get back to being that that high volume hitting team who can balance contact and power and, you know, even a little bit of speed now with Tyler Wade. And I have Tyler Wade on my roster because of that. Because he brings his speed factor and it's gonna be nice to have some speed on the bases in the postseason. You know, you you think the Yankees would have obviously Gardner's gonna be out there, but um there's a great chance that Tyler Wade and Cameron Mabin make the roster. So there you go. You got three guys with the ability of changing a game simply by running from first to second, you know, late in the game in a playoff game. That's big stuff there. You know, Luke Voigt, maybe Luke Voigt gets the single in the eighth inning. Yanks are down two to one. You pinch it. You pinch run Voigt with Tyler Wade with Mabin. And there you go. You got him on second base and there's a runner to score position. Boom. Tie game would have hit. So it's something like that that I'm thinking about. 
that's that's you know that's the speed factor of this whole thing with Wade. So I definitely I definitely have him on the roster, and you know like I said, if you read my uh, my article the other day that I posted, I, I put out my roster for the postseason. Um, I may or may not update it on <laughs> depending on how the Yanks do this last series in Texas, but um yeah I think that's pretty much what I have, and I pre- I think I'm gonna stick with it. But it, it was tough once it got to like the relievers because the Yankee secondary relieving court is absolute horse shit, right? Guys like Lasagna, like Sessa, now maybe even Happen Sabathia, Gearin. Oh my gosh. Chance Adams. Jesus Christ. I guess that's what happens though when you spend so much when you invest so much on the on the front end of the pen, the back end gets very weak, and that's what we're seeing. But yeah, that's not really the biggest concern in secondary relieving quarter because you're not going to see a lot of them in the playoffs. The Yankees are going to use the hell out of that of, of their primaries. You know that. And that kind of concerns me. You know, Britton, Canely, Chapman, and Anavino are going to be relied on a whole lot, even more than they were this regular season. And, you know, I've said it before over and over. Um, there's a concern there with guys like Britton, Chapman, and Anavino where they, you know, they will get wild or they will start nibbling and they will throw a lot of balls and they will walk a lot of people. And while it may or may not have been, while it may have been outstanding so far this regular season, when it comes to the playoffs, clubs like Houston, clubs like Minnesota, hell, even Cleveland, Oakland, and Tampa, you know, the more disciplined hitting clubs might start taking those walks more, or they might start waiting for that one perfect pitch to hit and jump right on it and, you know, crush it 400 feet. So that there's the concern there where the bullpen, their lack of, their, of command will come back and haunt them. But I think all in all, my biggest concern is getting this offense back to where they need to be and getting length out of your starters. I, th- I still believe in, in length, too. And I know that's another thing that these millennial <laughs> these millennial losers don't believe in length anymore from starting pitching. They think you could just win a championship with your bullpen and bullpen only. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Well, not the Casey Royals, man. It, it, that, that was an anomaly. It was a once-in-a-while thing. It's really not a thing that's going to... I don't think that's something that can be sustained, especially with how often they've used their bullpen in the regular season I do think you're going to need length from two of either Paxton Happ or Severino two of either one of those three so um but yeah I think Paxton and Severino and Tanaka those three guys right there x factors of the postseason uh you know a lot of people like to pick one x factor all three of them all three of them are x factors okay (laughs) you have to have Tanaka on his game keep pitching like he usually does in the postseason um you have to keep keep Severino healthy and he has to keep working his way up to to that 100 pitch count and I would love to see six innings out of him in the playoffs and he looks great so far but you know he, he can always get better and you know the velocity velocity looks nice but you still want to see it start climbing a little more the next start it's going to be interesting to see um where he is um when he starts in in Texas I hope they start him in Texas I hope he's not done but um, yeah. So I would love to get six innings from from either from two of those three guys. Um, Paxton, listen, he's ten and zero in his last ten starts. He's looked outstanding. ERA under the two fifty mark since then. He's been the ace down the stretch. Um, he's been the ace all year. Forget about that scumbag Herman. But um, here's the thing with Paxton. Okay, maybe this is a stretch, but there's something I've been thinking about these last couple of days. 
um, regression to the mean, right? It's kind of this thing. You're kind of worrying, wow, he's been so great, so outstanding for so long. It feels like any one of these next starts, he could get blown up. <laughs> Right, you're like, oh shit, is it coming? Is is it gonna is it gonna be this next start? I mean, if it's gonna happen, I'm hoping it's in one of these. Uh, it's it's in it's in his last start of the regular season here. I'm hoping it's definitely not gonna be in the playoffs. But yeah, it, it's definitely been on my mind how uh, he's been so great and dominant for so long right now that it's it's he's due for you know for a clunker. And I hope that shit doesn't come in game one. Then I really don't. Good God, um, yeah. So I, I guess we're gonna hope he gets shelled <laughs> in Texas. I don't know, but it's something like I've kept an eye on. Maybe he, maybe he stays on. I don't know. Maybe it's the pessimistic, um, the pessimism in me. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Maybe it's the negativity in me. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much that though, guys. Um, like I said, short one tonight. Uh, I'll be back out there. Don't worry. In in three days. You know, once the regular season wraps up, I'm gonna have the, the last BD4 episode of the regular season. I'm gonna have the report card. You know, I'll go over every everybody's grade from top to bottom on the roster. Um, I'll go over how the season went as a whole. You know, as a team, as a unit, how Aaron Boone did, how Brian Cashman did. I'll talk about everything and everyone in that last episode. Guys are gonna want to uh, stay tuned to that, but. Before I wrap this one up, I just want to remind you guys how we'll be operating going forward um, into the postseason and for the upcoming month of October. So, the Yankees, we're gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep doing my uh, my daily my daily recaps. You know, every game I'll have a recap of each game for the remainder of this regular season, and the same will go for the playoffs. Nothing's gonna change there. I'm still gonna recap every single game in the playoffs. As for the podcast, I'm gonna have. One episode for every series. So the first round ends. I'm going to have one episode for the entire first round. Now, if they get to the... Uh, sorry, I said that incorrectly. I'm going to have one episode for the ALDS. Okay? So at the end of this five-game series, I'll release my my first episode of the postseason. Now, have do the Yankees advance and make the ALCS, I'll probably have two episodes for that series, depending on how long it goes. But we'll update you once we get there, because we want to get there first, right? We want to win this first round. But yeah, for the podcast, I'll have one round, the uh, a one uh, one episode for the first round. That'll be at the, the end of a uh, game, whatever game three, four, or five, depending on how long we go. Um, and then for the blog, I'll still have you know, recaps every single game, every single night. So that's going to be that. And if you're a Knicks fan, if you follow me, you're a Knicks fan, and you follow me, um, I will be doing good news. I will be doing a podcast for every two games. I'll be having an episode every two games, and I will still be blogging up the recaps for those games as well. Every game will be recapped in the blog, and every two games I will have an episode. So that's good news there if you're a Knicks fan. Um, but for now, for the Yanks, we're going to stick. We're going to stick for the Yank. Uh, stick on the Yanks for now because we're not quite there with the Knicks. About a month away from the Knicks. Um, God, that's going to be a fun year. <laughs> but no, for the Yanks, just want to remind you guys, daily recaps and episodes every series. All right? So, yeah, that'll be that. Once again, guys, I appreciate it so much. I appreciate you guys stopping by. Even the people in my inbox hating on me. <laughs> I appreciate you, Josh. I appreciate everybody coming by. 
listening, reading my blogs, communicating with me on Twitter, on Facebook, on SoundCloud, WordPress, wherever the hell you come from. <laughs> guys, thank you so much, and I'll see you tomorrow uh, for the for the recap. Thanks, guys. Ciao.